Hey there, before we get started with the show today, I just wanted to fill you in on today's sponsor, which is... No one. Actually, there's, um, there's no sponsor. We are, we're starting from the ground up, people. This is episode one, so we gotta work with what we got. And that's that. So, with that said, I'm gonna hand it off to my audio engineer, Dennis, and he is gonna cue that theme music. Movies of Matt. Movies of Matt. Movies, movies, movies of Matt. 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 Whoa! Hey there, everyone! Welcome to the first official episode of Movies with Matt. I am your host, Matthew Ferris, and I am so grateful and excited. For you being here today whether you're a listener tuning in from the ground up or maybe you're hopping in your delorean and time traveling it back from the future to listen to this episode i am just ecstatic that you're here i'm excited for us to begin this journey together so if you couldn't already tell from the title of the show uh needless to say the focus of this podcast is going to be a uh, big surprise it's movies everything movies so we are going to explore just my thoughts on movies. We're going to have interviews and, and discussions and critiques and reviews. And we're going to even have episodes like today's, not to spoil it, that'll be what I call story time episodes, where I share stories with you from my current and, and past journey as a filmmaker and even just my relationship with movies in general. And it's all going to be a blast. So before we get started today, I want to take a moment and give a special shout out to a great friend of mine named Liz Lang, who recently had reached out to me with a question that simply was, have you ever considered doing a podcast? And what's funny is that for, you know, about the past few years, I've thought about a podcast on the back of my mind a little bit, considered it, even at various points talked about, you know, filming like a movie review show for YouTube or something like that. And, and nothing ever quite panned out or worked out. And so it was funny that she had reached out to me with this question recently, because of course, it got my brain going all the wheels and cogs spinning around and asking myself, well, yeah, what, what would I do for a podcast if I, if I started making one? And so I thought about it. And even discussed it a bit with my family to get their thoughts. And pretty quickly, the obvious answer that that came to mind was movies. It's the my biggest passion in life, the thing I talk and, and think about and, the, and do the most and such. So it was like, okay, yeah, if I was going to do a podcast, movies makes the most sense. And what was funny is that I, I had reached back out and replied to Liz with this, and she independently had thought of the same thing, that it'd be about movies. And then as we discussed more and even, you know, talked about what the the tone and structure and kind of purpose of the podcast would be, she confirmed all those same things, like, independently. It was one of those just crazy moments of confirmation where, it's, where we were on the same wavelength about it, and I was like, okay, I have to do this now. So, Liz, I just want to thank you so much for asking me that question and for 
for sharing those thoughts with me because it certainly has been a huge catalyst in getting this podcast off the ground. So to those of you listening right now, and specifically to those of you who may not know me very well, or you may not even know me at all, the thing you're probably thinking right now is, uh, why am I listening to this dude talk about movies? What does he know? Well, I certainly don't claim to know everything. And, you know, as I learn more, it it brings me back to feeling like a student. Like there's just, there's always just so much to learn. To To sum it up pretty quickly and simply, movies have been my biggest passion for just about my whole life. From an early age, I fell in love with movies. And with that, uh, started making movies for about that same length of time. So everything from writing, directing, acting, filming it, editing it, the whole the whole song and dance self-taught and, and taking various courses and, and schooling uh, over time, I've made movies for pretty much my whole life. So anytime I'm not making movies, I'm constantly watching them, discussing them, thinking about them, I'm, and, and just keeping up with the current, you know, events and, and, and such of the world of movies. So needless to say, it kind of consumes <laughs> most of my my time, my mental energy and focus. And, and even with that, I find there, my brain is wired up in a way where the way I process life is, is through the prism of films and style and, and story structure narrative and all those elements. And I can't quite seem to turn it off. So while I would not claim any false expertise, I can certainly say that it's been my biggest love in life and I constantly am doing everything I can to absorb it and learn it and practice it. Today is the first official episode, like I said before, and I went back and forth thinking about what it's episode one. What do I do for episode one? There's there's so many routes and, and things I could do for it. And after some reflection and discussion, it seemed that the best way to open up the show and dive in for a first episode was to open with a story time episode. And specifically in telling the story of what awakened my true love for film for the first time that that life-changing catalyst moment had happened when I was very young. So we are going to dive into that story right now. So I suggest you can pick up your popcorn, your little chippies, your soda pops, whatever you'd like. And we are going to dive in to the first official story time. Let's put on our time travel caps and Doc Brown it back to the year of 95. Oscar Wilde has premiered his last play. Wait, I'm, um, I'm sorry. I, uh, I meant 1995, not 1895. Now, imagine, if you will, the year is 1995. Michael Jordan's come back to the Bulls, the Grateful Dead have broken up, and the world has been blessed with the technological revolution that is Windows 95. This story happens to take place at the beginning of summer, back when I was a blonde-haired four-year-old burst of endless joy and energy. 
My relationship with movies up until this point had been relegated to watching them at home on our living room TV. Even before I could speak, while they were not full-scale movies, whenever my mom would put on a VHS of Thomas the Tank Engine, I would get completely absorbed in each tape. As soon as the tape finished, I would point straight at the television screen and moan. My mom would come to discover this as my way of wanting to watch more. So needless to say, my kinship to the screen was always there. So by the age of four, movies for me were something we watched at home on TV. And if we ever wanted to watch a movie that wasn't at home, being the 90s, we'd make a trip out to Blockbuster, the mass commercial pinnacle of video rental stores. This was, for me, the extent of my world's understanding of cinema. That was until one fateful day in that summer of 95, when my father decided to take my older brother and I to the movies. The movies, I thought. What did he mean? As the three of us rode in the car to this supposed movie, my four-year-old brain started running all the simulations in my head. I knew we weren't going over to someone else's house with the TV, and Blockbuster was the place we went to for new movies. Then I remembered. As was the standard in the 90s, our Blockbuster had a giant Zenith brand tube TV hanging off some kind of arm contraption in the corner of the ceiling. On this TV, they would play various ads and trailers for films coming to and currently present in the store. So I thought, oh, they'll set up a bunch of foldable chairs and we'll sit and watch a new movie on that TV in there. My logic was foolproof. Soon we drove near our local Blockbuster, but my dad just kept driving. Dad, I said, what are you doing? Blockbuster's right there. It was then that he said these fateful words to me. No, we're going to a movie theater. Movie theater? What on earth was that? I'd spend the rest of the car ride contemplating this question. Our car ride had now come to an end, and we were now stepping towards a big building donned with a big marquee and neon tube lights, although it was daytime. My curiosity continued to grow. What was this place? Then we stepped through the front doors. I was now surrounded by tickets, movie stands, cardboard cutouts, light beaming in from the partial glass ceiling, and of course, the sound and smell of fresh popcorn popping in the urn. I had now stepped into a whole new world, as though I was on another planet. Shortly after grabbing our tickets, we stopped by the concession stand, a four-year-old's dream. Candy, soda, and popcorn? What more could I need? With our snacks in hand, we make our way to our theater. I'm immediately met with the sight of big stadium seating, big speakers, and a larger-than-life screen. <laughs> I had no idea what I was in for. We soon choose and make our way to our seats as the theater fills up and prepares for the show. It was then that the lights go down, the sound comes on, and the beaming light of 35mm film shoots from the projector booth and fills up the enormous screen before me. My body froze. I wasn't prepared for this. While I had grown up going to church, I realized now that it was in this moment that I had truly felt the power of God for the first time. I was now in the church of cinema. And as the trailers played, and soon the movie, I had immediately become a believer in the power of film. 
Now, with a story like this, you may be wondering what fateful movie I had watched that day. Well, it was the 1995 adaptation of Casper, starring Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci. Not an Oscar winner by any measure, but a film that took my four-year-old emotional sensibilities through all the paces. Laughter, sadness, fear, excitement, and ultimately, joy. As we left the theater that day, I truly had my first religious experience. Movies were no longer just things I watched on TV or picked out at Blockbuster, but an art form, a spiritual realm literally and figuratively larger than me, larger than any of us. For the first time in my life, I had fallen in love, and the object of my affection was cinema. It was pure. I, I didn't even fathom it being a career or something to make money from. All I felt for it was love, demanding nothing of it but to simply enter into that theater and just enjoy it purely for what it was. My life from this point on would never be the same again. And for this, I am eternally grateful. And that, folks, was our first official story time story. Yeah, I guess because it's a story time episode and that was the story for the story time. We'll go with that. You know, it's interesting that this is the first story I'm telling on the show because not only is it crucial because it, it, it propelled and launched my my passion for film, it awakened me to it. But I also think about the time that we're in right now with, with COVID-19 and, and all the shutdowns. You know, at least here in the U.S., theaters have still been shut down with the exception of drive-in theaters. And at the moment, we're about, you know, a few weeks away, I think, from theaters, you know, finally reopening and such. It's just funny because when, you know, all this the lockdown and everything started to happen and theaters were shut down, you know, along with other things. I, you know, began to see a lot of articles and comments on the internet and such about, oh, is this the beginning of the end for movie theaters? Is this going to be the thing that does it in? And that was a scary thought, <laughs> at, at least for me in my world. It was it was scary and it was a it was a sad thing and at first I kind of gave into that worry. I I thought, yeah, what if what if this is the end? But you know, ever since then I've I've taken a much more optimistic view of the situation and I really don't believe that this is the end of movie theaters. First before I I say why, I just also want to say, you know, when that reality hit her hit her the, the thought of movie theaters closing and it made me sad. It made me sad partially because of this story I just told you. Because for me as a kid, going and watching a movie in a movie theater was such a life-changing experience for me. And I think about other children like me who are in this next generation, who how, how sad would it be for them to not be afforded that same life-changing opportunity to be able to go to a theater. What a shame it would be the thought of movie theaters being completely gone and, and their only experience with it is, is just watching it at home or 
you know, there is still a drive-in theater, which believe me, is great. It's that's a wonderful thing. But there is something so specific to actually going inside of a movie theater, inside of this building, this single room where the picture, the sound and everything is is larger than you and is larger than the whole audience in there. And it, it completely encapsulates you in a way that other places and other things don't. And and so with that, in why I don't think movie theaters are going anywhere is, well, kind of related to what I just said is one, is drive-in theaters. You look at how before the lockdown, you know, drive-in theaters were still are, are still around and, and not necessarily in large numbers per se. It, it would just became a niche, more of a niche market, you know, not the mainstream. But then lockdown happens and now drive-in theaters are, are filling up like crazy and, and, and selling out and a business is booming in that sense. And you could say on one part, well, that's just because people have been locked up at home and just want to get out. And and sure, that is that is certainly a factor. But at the same time, it to me it seems undeniable that what it also says is no, people, especially now, because of lockdown, because of not having this normal access that we never had to think about before. Of, of being able to go to a movie theater. And so clearly people want to go to the movies. People are going out in droves. And while, yes, I've, you know, see people saying that they still don't feel safe and, and won't feel safe for a while going back to, the, to a theater, even some maybe even saying maybe never going back, I feel as though I also see just as many comments from people saying they can't wait to get back to the theater. They want to go back, and it's it's their favorite way to watch a movie. And so while things are certainly changing, needless to say, and, and while the market has been changing over time with streaming and with video on demand, and unfortunately, you know, there will be some theaters that won't make it through this time, which is heartbreaking. I still don't believe it means the end of all theaters, because everyone... <laughs> who is at home and they've been going out in droves to drive in theaters, I believe at least a good amount or majority of those people are going to be flocking back to movie theaters and even other people. I actually think when theaters reopen, I think there's going to be at least a lot more people than expected who are going to go back to the theater, even people that haven't been to the movies in a while. Because like I said, we we never had to think about access to a movie theater before. You know, it was it was just in the back of your head and at times almost taking it for granted. But now with it, you know, being gone for so long and the thought of it reopening, I think I think it's going to be a refreshing, exciting one for people. And and I think that, you know, even in terms of market and studios, I think there's still too much of an investment in the theatrical experience for it to all of a sudden just like be gone completely. It doesn't, the more I think about it, it doesn't seem logical. But I also do think that movie theaters themselves, I hope if anything, outside of obviously opening with the proper safety protocols, you know, that their approach to coming back in this lockdown would help them and and wake them up to realizing and asking the question, how can we really elevate the experience that we offer to people, uh, to everyone who comes 
and buys a ticket and buys concession at our theaters, you know, because I know plenty of you are listening and you're probably thinking about all the negative stereotypes in your head about movie theaters. Like it's way too expensive. You know, you have to pay an arm and a leg for a concession and you have to you have to you feel like you're going through all these hoops. And ultimately what it is, is it's those things are distracting you from what the experience fully is. And, you know, there's certainly theaters that that fall into those stereotypes. So I don't I don't deny those things. You know, there's some theaters where it's just like, oh, wow, this is really expensive or, you know, it, it, it's not as nice of a facility. But there certainly are theaters out there who do care about the experience and, and doing everything that they can to elevate it. So my hope is that not only are people going to be going back to the theaters in large numbers, but I actually think that the theaters that do make it are going to be the ones to go, how can we enhance the experience so that while there certainly will still be people after this that prefer to stay at home and rent video on demand and such, how can how can we change our experience so that when people buy a ticket to our theater and to our movie, they know exactly what they're paying for. They know the kind of, you know, one unique experience they get that they can't get at home or they can't even get at a drive-in or other ways to watch movies, but that when they buy a ticket to a movie at or theater, they know the amazing value and experience they're getting. I believe that that's going to happen. And I, and I hope for all theaters, especially all the major chains, that that's the attitude they take, that it's not a cynical one or, you know, times of even like, Oh, how could people, you know, not want to come back or stay at home. I, I think it's a moment to to think higher, go higher than that, and go, how can we better serve our customer base? And so that's why I don't think movie theaters are going anywhere, and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. And it makes me grateful because for me, that's my happy place where I go to constantly to just process life and, and just be in that unique one-of-a-kind just experience and it makes me excited that for movie theaters to still be around I hope that it means kids in this next generation could have that same kind of experience that I was blessed with when I was four years old and with that I suppose it is about time we wrap up the first official episode of movies with Matt So to everyone listening, I want to thank you once again for tuning in, both present and time travelers from the future. This is, this has just been really fun. It's been really exciting and and, and very rewarding for me to get to dive into this kind of format. So I hope to all of you listening that you feel the same. And I'm excited with where the show's going to go with all the episodes coming forth with, with other story time episodes and interviews and discussions and we're going to just go on this journey together and it's going to be an awesome one so to close out i will simply leave you with this movies matter and so do you take care movies of matt movies of matt movies 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 of matt Movies of Matt. 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 Movies of Matt.